He is a wonderful man of God, Reverend Ben. I have known him for years. We've been friends. And I know he carries a unique anointing on his life. Same as the wife. He was going away. I was also in Ghana. And then he told me, I'll be coming and you'll also be coming back. So let's crisscross. When I, when I go, then you come. Hallelujah. And thank God that by his mercies we are here this afternoon. And in the next 20 minutes, we trust God that he will touch you. Hallelujah. Oh, did you bring your faith here or you left it at home? God can touch you. You don't need three hours. No. He can touch you. In a split second, your destiny can change. Hallelujah. So I want you to trust God with me. And today, somebody, your life is going to be changed. I'm speaking on a subject that I love talking about it. And the subject is called an anointing. Hallelujah the anointing. Hallelujah. Oh, who, who wants to be anointed here? Oh, some people, your hands are, you don't want to be anointed. The anointing is an ingredient that you need to do well in life. Hallelujah. When we talk of the anointing for so many years, many Christians think that when we say somebody is anointed, then the person must be behind the pulpit. Then the person must be a pastor. The person must be a prophet. The person must be an evangelist. No. They have the anointing. Those people are anointed to stand in those offices. But when we talk about an anointing, we are talking about the dimension of God that comes upon a mortal man, an ordinary man, so that an ordinary man will begin to do exploits because a dimension of God has fallen on that person. Hallelujah. So you look in the Bible and you see that people who do great things before the anointing actually came upon them, they were non-entities. They were not great people. They were super ordinary. But when the anointing came upon them, they changed. And this afternoon, I prophesy. I don't know how ordinary you are, but the spirit of God is coming upon you. And by the time you live here, you will change into another man. You will change into another woman. Why? Because an anointing is coming upon you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You need the anointing. You don't have to be a preacher. I don't know which career you have. But there is an anointing that comes upon a man. That comes upon a woman. Difficult things become easier. Because there is an anointing. Hallelujah. The same thing your colleagues are doing and they are crying. And they are scratching their hair. You would do it with ease. And that is what the essence of the anointing is. Hallelujah. And you could be a student. The Bible says that there were four Hebrew boys that an anointing came upon them. And the Bible says that God gave them skill, understanding, even in writing. So it doesn't matter any field that you are involved in. You need an anointing. Hallelujah. The last time I came, I came with a young man, but today I came with my wife. My beautiful wife, Pearl, and my three children who are also seated there. Hallelujah. 
is a blessing. Hallelujah. You need an anointing to be a good wife. Oh yeah. A good wife is not learned on the internet. There is an anointing. Look. If you will get it on the internet, then an anointed person put it on the internet. So it's still the same. Hallelujah. But it doesn't come by itself on the internet. Hallelujah. Do you know that on the internet, there are so many things you can do that you can, if you want to do bad things, you can go to the extreme. You can learn every evil thing on there. But by that same internet, you can become anointed. Yeah. You can come across a very deep worship. And as you put yourself and subject yourself under that anointing for hours, you leave that room anointed. Hallelujah. God is so good that we are not so limited again like it used to be that you have to travel so far to go to a man of God that you are desiring the anointing for them to touch you. That is still there and that is very important. But if you can't go, you can read them by the power of the internet. Hallelujah. And you can be anointed. Hallelujah. We are talking about an anointing. In the Bible, there were two classical people who were anointed by God. And one of them is Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. Hallelujah. You know, the people of Israel, they were ruled by God. God was their king. In other words, God was their prime minister. And a time came because they were copying from other nations that were around them. They went to Samuel, who was the prophet of God, and told him that Samuel appoint for us a king like the other nations. Don't go to God in prayer and say that, Lord, because Sister A is doing this, me too, I want to do it. What you need to do is to check the technology of heaven to find out what is your makeup. Who are you? Find your own rhythm. Hallelujah. So they were copying. I point unto us a king. And the Bible says that the saying grieve the man of God. The man of God was sad that the people have actually rejected God. But then God came to him and said to Samuel, listen to the cry of the people and appoint unto them a king. For it is not you, Samuel, who they have rejected, but they have rejected me, God. Hallelujah. So God ordered Samuel to look for a king. And in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 7 and 9, we saw that God through the prophet, anointed Saul to become a king over them. Hallelujah. So the anointing, any of you who watched um, when the king not long ago, we had a, a king. Okay? And on that day when the king was put on the throne, there was a specific seat that he sat on. And underneath that seat, there is something that is called stone of destiny. I don't know whether you've read about it. It is believed that stone of destiny it is stationed in Scotland. A month before the coronation, it was brought to England under strict military guide. And they brought it into the temple. It has to be underneath that chair that whether a king or a queen will sit on if not it is deemed as that enthronement is null and void 
Why? We live in a, a, a nation that is so secularized that you wouldn't think that they would attribute such significance to something called a stone. It is believed that that is a stone that Jacob slept under on his way and had a dream and saw the angels ascending and descending. However, it ended here in Scotland. Don't ask me because I have no idea. But they believe because it is an anointed stone as the king sits on it, the authority is given to the king. So it is connected to the Bible. Did you see an anointing oil being poured on the king? Because it is deemed that without the oil, without that anointing, you cannot do anything. So as a believer, you need to be anointed. You need an oil to come upon you. There is so much God has deposited in you. You've had a dream. You have heard something by the inner witness. You heard an audible voice. It will not materialize until you have an encounter with the spirit. That encounter will transform your life. Who who is so weak. As soon as that anointing comes upon you, you will change. You will transform. The things you couldn't do before, you will begin to do them. And you will look at yourself in amazement. It's because an oil has come upon you. anointing be desperate for the anointing without the anointing even the best of men will struggle without the anointing this church couldn't be here because the bible says that it is the spirit that quickens it The words that speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, you can create a path under the influence influence of the Holy Spirit. By utterances, you could create a path. The Bible says that we should be imitators of God. When God wanted to create this beautiful word, what did he do? He spake and it came into me. So you too, under the influence of the Holy Ghost, you can speak and redirect that son of yours, that daughter of yours, who is going wayward. You can brood. You can brood over the scriptures and rise up and ascend unto Zion and begin to speak and say, my daughter, I dedicated you to the Lord. The way you are going, I have no hand in it. Therefore, I redirect you. I shift your focus. I direct you back to destiny. Oh, son, you will not be that thing that you want to be by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the inspiration in my mouth. As a father, as a mother, I speak and I make a decree. Let it be recorded in the honors of heaven that your destiny is turning around. I don't care how far you have gone. I am bringing you back. Because when you are going in the wrong way, speed is not an advantage. Hallelujah. As we set off this morning, then we are coming to this place. If for any reason we had put in a wrong postcode as if we were going to Manchester. No matter how much or how speedy I would drive, 
it is not an advantage. When you are in a wrong direction, speed is not an advantage. Hallelujah. So your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, they could be on a wrong direction. And the enemy has empowered them, has anointed them, because there are different kind of anointings. So they are doing all the evil things you can think of. And they are so deep into it, they are going forward in evil. It is not an advantage. Until you rise up and say, Oh, hear me. Hear me for I have come from the volume of the books. I decree and I declare that on this road, you will go to a dead end and you will turn back and you will come and see the glory of the Lord. Mothers and fathers prophesy. Prophesy. You have something. And I came here this afternoon to awake that which is already in you. Hallelujah. Every believer, I didn't come here to tell you you are not anointed. But I came here to let you know that the anointing dwells in you. For the Bible says that you have received an anointing. For you have an anointing. And because of that anointing, you don't need that anyone teaches you. For you can do all things. Because that anointing is upon you. Look. In the New Testament church, every believer has an anointing. Yes, you have it. Because without anointing, you couldn't be born again anyway. So the day you become born again, that day you became born, an anointing was placed on your life. The difference between you and the one who is walking into it is because you are not conscious. The consciousness of the anointing is very important. I don't need to go on the mountain before I can come and command the demon to leave because that is my heritage as a servant of the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't need to go for three days fasting. I'll fast anyway because it propels me to forge ahead. But I don't need that. But a lot of us have been deceived that you have to do something for something to happen. Oh no. Believe that the day you became born again, a spirit of God came upon you. The enemy is attacking your mind because he does not want you to know who your real identity is. So he keeps on reminding you the things you did wrong. It doesn't matter what you did. The Christ in you is the hope of glory. I know you sinned. I know you made a mistake. But my Bible says as much as sin abound, grace much abounded. You are a daughter of grace. You are a son of grace. The enemy cannot cheat you. Rise up from that bed. Rise up from that condemnation and begin to speak as a royal daughter. Begin to speak as a prince and command certain things. Some of you, the Lord has brought you here in a such a time like this. That that trouble in your family background, you will rise up and you make a decree. Even though you are in the United Kingdom, demons in Sierra Leone will hear it. Demons in Nigeria will hear it. Demons in Ghana will hear it. For in the realm of the spirit, there is no distance. What that is what the enemy does, he will never let you know who you are. So you always think the opposite of who you are. Don't 
to recognize sometimes you really want to pray until a thought flash in your mind that even you cry what you did the other day why are you here the devil is a liar you are anointed the spirit of God is upon you put it to practice and come and challenge me if I'm lying to you the thing that has tormented you you go after this service and you will torment that you become a tormentor to that thing that has previously tormented you. Yes. Command them to go. Be persistent and be consistent. Because the enemy, the more you start praying, the more the thing will become very ugly. It's a camouflage. Don't be amused. Some of us, we know his tricks. The more you are praying into the thing, the more problems will start coming up. He uses that to test your energy. He uses that to test your consistency. The moment you faint, then he has won. And he becomes fierce when he knows the breakthrough is just at the corner. So that prayer you've been praying, that night, that morning when you wake up and something says pray, and that thing says you are tired. It was the enemy ministering to you because he ministered to your flesh. That is why the Bible says that it is the spirit rather crookings. The flesh profited nothing. He would say, sleep. You were tired. You worked very hard. Oh, this God will do it. No! Get up! Get up! From, because that night, if you had persisted, that problem will no more be there. We are advantageous in God. Only if we work on the other mountain. David, what an anointed man of David was anointed three times in the Bible. Because Saul was a caretaker king. Yes. Because the people demanded for a king. They didn't give God a choice. So God gave them Saul. And we all know that Saul couldn't hold a mantle. So at the point when Saul died, David mourned and said, you have as if you were not anointed. In other words, David was trying to say that by the anointing on you, this shouldn't be your end. Because at the end of Saul, he went and consulted a wish doctor. Can you imagine an anointed person who hears from God, who hears from the corridors of heaven, who hears from eternity. All of a sudden, you do not hear anything. And you go to the extent of consulting a witch doctor. So David said, you have died. He said, why are the mighty fallen? Declare it not in Ajalon. Don't talk about it. For this is not something to be proud of. Why have you died? As if you were not anointed. But David, who understood the anointing, he said, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me. He understood what the anointing means. He said, I will run through a trip and I look over a wall. By who? By my God. He knew what the anointing is. David understood it. I have found David my servant and with my holy oil have I anointed him his enemies they will not exert over him they can afflict him why because there is an anointing upon him yes 
need to be anointed. We need it. Do you know when we talk of witchcraft, looking at all of us here, we understand it. We know what it is. And sometimes even the way we pray about witchcraft is because of deception. Hallelujah. We shouldn't pray the way we pray about witchcraft. Because in the realm of the spirit, they are one of the weakest demonic entities. Hallelujah. But you know one thing. If witches were to have a meeting here tonight, some witches from uh, Gambia, Zambia, Ghana, United States, they will come. And they don't need to board a flight. They don't need a ticket. Look, I drove two hours to get here. They wouldn't drive. They would just go to their realms and appear here. So when you see a witch using an iPad or an iPhone, they have descended low because they want to relate with the world around them. So they have come low. Because they don't need a text message to communicate. If, God forbid, you will never be. If this sister here is one and this brother here is one, they don't need to exchange any written thing. He does, she doesn't need to go on her phone. It's just a signal. He will pick everything. And they are the weakest in the spirit. You are here. You are a delta of Zion. You are a son. Why are you not going through the rains? If a wish can do that, where is the power of the church? Because the church is so ignorant about supernatural rains. So we feed you with the pastors, including me. We feed you with the knowledge that you do with nothing. Instead of manifesting. Because the average believer knows all about theory of God. But when it comes to entering through the realms, because that is where the real action happens. Because you can learn, you can be a very good Christian, you have all the theological knowledge. A small witch will manipulate you, your marriage, you, you, you will be the one who you beg to end that marriage. That is how powerful they seems to be. But they shouldn't be. Because we dwell at their level. We have to the Bible says that enter into your closet. When things are going the way that you know that this thing, the way it is going, I have not really ordained this kind of things. Look, you are raising your children. You do all the positive things and you are getting a negative result. Why must you sleep? Why? Why must you keep quiet? And they tell you, oh, accepted his faith. It's not. That is a lazy spirituality. It's a lazy spirituality. Because life is all about sowing and reaping. If I have not sown that, I don't have to reap it. But are you ready to pay the price? Are you prepared to go into your closet and shut the door behind you and call Elohim, call Jesus, put a chair there, say, Jesus, this is mine, this is yours. Let's talk. That daughter, I dedicated her to you. Even in my womb, I used to put my hand on the tummy and I said, this child will be a child of God. This behavior of going on the street, this behavior of this bad behavior, this report I have been getting from school, that is not like a child of God. What is happening, Jesus? Persist until he talks back to you. And he will talk back to you. 
Oh, I said he will talk back to you. Because you know what the Bible says that we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched by our feelings of our infirmities. For he was tempted in all forms but without sin. Therefore, he gives us an invitation. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. That is where you shall obtain mercy and find grace to help. But you are not coming to the throne of grace. You are not. You talk to everybody apart from God. Sometimes put the phone down. Don't call your auntie in Sierra Leone. Don't call them. They don't, even they don't understand the dynamics of this environment. How can they give you advice? There is a spirit. There is a spirit in man. Yes. There is an ancient spirit. The Bible said that the earth was formless. And the spirit of the Lord brood over it. And the Lord said, let there be light. And there was a light. There is an ancient spirit. We came to meet that spirit here. And that is the spirit that he has given you. He knows everything because he was here before you came. The reason why the enemy is able to deceive us is that because he knows things that we don't know. But God is not an unbalanced God. He gives us the Holy Spirit. So that by the leading of the spirit, we can outwit the enemy. Hallelujah. For the Bible says that after many as are led by my spirit, they are the sons of God. What leads you? When you have an issue, what guides you? What do you do? Hallelujah. Believers, it can't be the same way we have served God. We need to ascend. Paul said, if life is all about this realm, and the challenges that we go through, then of all people, we are the most miserable people. But there is excitement in this. There is order in this. Only if you pay the price to ascend, you can begin to reign and, and, and make decrees. Because a prayer at a certain level is a law-making exercise. You are making laws in the realm of the spirit. You rise up and say, from this bloodline, nobody ever will die of cancer. I put a decree in the realm of the spirit and you make that decree and it shall be written in the annals of heaven. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You get up and you make those decrees. The Bible says that Elijah, he was a man subject to the same passion like you and I. But the man prayed and he locked the heavens and put the keys in his pocket. And he was going around for three years, six months. There was no rain. Can you imagine the audacity of one man? Look, the whole heaven. Farmers are crying. We want to see the water. We want to see the rain. The the, the key is in the pocket of one man. He's going around. And there was drought everywhere. He prayed a prayer that he also suffered the consequences. So the Lord had to take him to the brook to be fed. Ravens were feeding him. Ravens, if you study their nature, according to anthropologists and according to people who study them, they say they are one of them. I mean, they, they are so into themselves that they will never give somebody something. 
But under the commandment of God, and I pray and I prophesy, I know that manager of yours, sir, he doesn't like you. She doesn't care about you. But I issue a command. I issue a decree in the realm of the spirit. May you be favored. May that person favor you. May he come to you and say, I don't know why I am doing this, sir, but I feel like I should do it. That is a commandment in the spirit. was angry. Look at what you have done. People are eating their own children. Do you know what it takes for a woman to kill her child and eat it? That was how hard it was. And the man of God went and prayed. And asked the servant, go and check if the class are forming. He went, he came back, he said, no, I can't see anything. He said, go again. Go again. That is the spirit of persistence. You give up too soon. You give up too soon. In this generation, I struggle with this microwave Christianity. You give up so soon. It's a generation where everything is technology. God is not technology. He's an ancient of days. He said, I am God and I change it not. He hasn't changed because of your internet. He's still God. He sits on the throne all by himself. Don't approach him with an internet thinking. For he hasn't changed. Abraham knew him. Moses knew him. But they had a something that was more powerful than the internet. You give up too soon. He said, go and check again. The servant went. He said, I can see the cloud as big as the power. And he said, go and tell the king. Go. Go to the palace and communicate to the king to run and meet me in Jezreel because there's going to be a powerful rain. Just as much big as he saw it. But the faith, the faith, the Bible says they just shall live by faith. If any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And the king took off with his chariot, with speed. And Elijah prayed. And the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he ran faster. Have you ever seen a presidential convoy? Those of us from Africa, we know it very well because in Africa, we like the pomp and pageantry. So when you see a president coming, you will see that a president has really passed here. The cars, the modern cars, which we cannot make even one of them, but we have them. Yeah, we can't make them, but we enjoy them. If you see the convoy and the cars, my wife is saying he's been in one before. Yeah. Presidential convoy, the speed which which they drive, and the spirit of the Lord. You know, this God that we serve, He will never limit you. As they sat in their convoy, in their first class cars, the man was praying, Let them go, tell them to go, I'll meet them there. And the Bible says there is something called the Spirit of God, who I am preaching about today, came upon him. And by that anointing, a man walking on foot, he ran 
faster and overtook the chariot of Ahab. I came here to prophesy. I don't care the delay in your life. I speak speed. Speed. Receive speed. If by an anointing, a person on foot can run faster to the stand of overtaking a presidential convoy, then there is something in this anointing. And nothing should stop you pursuing this anointing. And by that same anointing, I prophesy, somebody, there have been some delay. There are some monumental delays in your life. You look back and you wonder, I grew up with this person. We all travel the same. We went to the school around the same year. Look, everything is happening with them. Things are progressing. But for you, the only thing that is progressing is your age. Every time you, you have your birthday, you increase in age. But today, I reverse that error. I reverse that error. Or oh, will somebody respond? I reverse that error. That is an error. I reverse it in the name of Jesus. The wisest man that has ever lived, he says something. He said, I have seen an evil under the sun. There is an evil. I see slaves seated on horsebacks. The slaves, they are sitting on horses. Because in their dispensation, horse were the latest car in town. I don't know what is the latest car now. But slaves are seated in them. And princes are walking on a barefoot. That is an evil order. I reverse that order. I reverse that order. In the name of Jesus. I reverse that order. You will not walk on barefooted. Whilst a slave is seated on horseback. I reverse it. In the name of Jesus. Let there be reverser. Let there be reverser. Look, there are some people they are at an age where they have to have a life partner. And any time they say we are trusting God. Yeah, we all trust God. But it's a spirit of delay. Because you know what? What good, man of God, what good would it be when you are in your 70? That's why you find a life partner. It's an error. Even the Bible says, enjoy the wife of your youth. So the Bible wants you to marry at a certain age. Today I prophesy. Let that light. Because look. When, when God created Eve and brought it to Adam. He said this is the bone of my bone. And the flesh of my flesh. So you have your bone somewhere. Your other compartment is somewhere. I command them by prophecy. May you meet them in the name of Jesus. By the time this year ends. I prophesy. May you come into contact with them. In the name of Jesus. Can you bring that scripture back, please? The power of the Lord. The power of who? The Lord. It's not the power of your family head. It's not the power of where you come from, no. I know you are from a royal family, but you don't have this. This one, it comes from above. The power of the Lord. And I prophesy, may the power of the Lord come upon you in your career, in your marriage, in your finances, in your children's life. 
May the power of God the power of the Lord came upon Elijah tackled his cloak into his bed. He ran ahead all the way to the Ahead. He overtook the chariot. And that will be your story. Oh, those who said you are finished. Oh, they wrote their story too fast. They wrote it too fast. They wrote it too early. They wrote it too early. My Bible said, Oh, my enemy, rejoice not over me. For when I fall, I shall arise. You arise. You arise. You arise. Oh, you are rising. You arise. You are rising. By the power of the Lord. Somebody, you are rising. Oh, you will not be in the shadows. Uh. You are rising. Uh. Your star is shining. Uh. Arise and shine. For your light has come. Uh. Oh, somebody rise and shine. Karusi ando kada hata hata ha. Zitata hali atosehe. Matahara ha. I'm bringing my sermon to an end. Luke chapter 4, verse number 18. I want to speak into your life. Thank you. This scripture means so much to me. In the year 2015, I had a friend here who came from Ghana to read his masters here. We're in the same church. And then I asked him, you can come around, come home, because he had come here, paid for his school fees, and brought some pounds from Ghana. So he thought that he would be all right for the duration of the course. But you know, if you change this to pound, it doesn't match how much you brought. Very soon it will finish. So you could see the guy was struggling. I said, come home. By that time, we were living at a place only me and we didn't have children. And there was a spare room. Nobody stayed. I said, you can come in. So he came. And when you come around me, there is one thing that you do. You pray. Oh, yes. So we turned it. We, and the wife also came around. So we ejected the woman from the living room. There was no more TV party. We turned the living room into altar of prayer. Every midnight, we'll be screaming. And sometimes I say to people, do you actually think we are that silly that the time that we could be sleeping, we are waking up praying? We are not silly. We are not. I mean, these guys who think that they show off because they are doing things and they can't. We went to the same school with them. We do, we study something. We understand things. We are not silly. So when we see us praying, it doesn't mean... Prayer doesn't mean you've lost your mind. We have mind as well. But we know there is something that we know. That no matter how much you try. David said, I was envious of the prosperity of the wicked. Until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. Then I saw their end. In other words, you can see people who are doing very massively very well. Don't be jealous. If they don't know God. Their master is the devil. Jesus gave a summary 
of the enemy's agenda in John 10.10. 10. He said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then he gave his mission status. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. It doesn't matter how rich somebody is. It doesn't matter they have privileged, they swim in money. If they don't know God, death is their end. So we prayed. And I asked my friend, are you not prepared to have children? Because they had married for some time. Again, then he told me a story. Look, men, their issues are in their stories. So that question I asked prompted him to pray. He said, man of God, when we got married, my wife took a seed. She went to town to do shopping. As she finished the shopping and she was reversing back, she drove into a man. And all the legs destroyed the man's leg. And when my wife saw the man under the car, the pregnancy just came out. And since then, that was about seven years after when I had had an encounter with them. Since then, there is no child. And I said, this is an error. It got to be reversed. And we started praying. And God, who is a faithful God, came through. And now they have two children. So I went to Ghana. Because after he didn't stay, he went to Ghana to stay. And he was doing very well. So I went to Ghana and I said, look, your children, we pray for them. We pray them into being, but I have never seen them. So I'll come and see them. So I went there. And that night, around 1 a.m., I was so much in the spirit. Look for 18, please. The, Lord, the Holy Spirit woke me up. I was traveling to the other town. And I was going to leave around 6 o'clock. By, by 4 a.m., my bag, everything was ready. I, I, I was going. So the houseboy said, Sir, it's no morning yet. I lost count of time. Because in the middle of the night, the Spirit of the Lord woke me up and opened the scripture to me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. And then when I saw the scripture, I said, Lord, this scripture is about Jesus. It's, it's nothing to do with me. I said, no, it's about you also. Because Jesus that you mentioned his name, he said to you, the things that I do, same shall you do. Even greater because I go to my father. So this scripture is about you. And the Lord said to me, if only if there is one condition, if you obey me to the letter, every word written in that verse, every letter will manifest in your life. And I have come here to prophesy under that anointing. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I don't know. When we talk of poor here, it is not only financial poor. Some people are poor in love. You don't have much love. And the Bible says God is love. God doesn't have love. He is love. He is the embodiment of love. In other words, when you are looking for love and you see God, stop there. Because he is love. So I came to prophesy. 
poor. Some of us, you are poor in patience. You have no patience. And patience is one of the fruit of the spirit. Some of us, you are poor in prayer. Your Bible study life is poor. Then I come to the poverty that when it comes to you, everybody look at you with this day. You are poor in finances. But today, I am sent here to prophesy. Let there be a reverse. May you be rich in prayer. May you be rich in love. May you be rich financially. In the name of Jesus. Freedom. I don't know. I don't know what family you come from. And I don't know the altars that were built. But there is an ancient God. And my Bible says that God is the father of all spirit. So I don't care any other spirit that is oppressing you. There is a father of all spirit. And I have come in the name of that God. I prophesy. Any spirit contending with your destiny. Any spirit contending with your life. Any secret that has been placed on you. By spiritual forces. Today in the name of Jesus. I release you. I, I prophesy healing. In the name of Jesus. Let the prison doors be open. Anybody who has been held captive for years, today I release you. Walk out in freedom by the power and authority in the name of Jesus. Somebody be on your feet and begin to speak in the language of the spirit. I don't care about the blindness. 